Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we are overwhelmed by the cost of our sin and the greatness of your love. You have so loved us that you want to draw us back into a relationship with you, to mend the things that have been torn, to heal the hearts that are broken. Lord, we thank you for this great gift. We pray that we would be renewed in it tonight. We would be able to receive it perhaps for the first time for some of us, but that we would be blessed with the love that you intended us to receive. Pray in your holy name, amen. Last night we prayed, entering into Jesus' prayer, and tonight we enter into his love. The invitation is to come into his love, and there is no way to do that except by coming through his cross. The first time that I think I, I can remember encountering the power of the cross was when I was about seven years old. You don't understand a whole lot of things when you're seven. You understand a few things. Sometimes there are things that you forget that you should never forget. And um, my mom had just become a Christian. She had an incredible realization of who he was, and, and her heart was completely changed. I mean, I saw my mom go from a woman who was just completely emotionally out of control and um, salving the wounds of her life by drinking excessive amounts of alcohol to becoming a woman of joy, of gravity, of peace. A change happened in her. And um, she became the mom that I think my heart always wanted to. So something so profound happened to her and it happened when she saw Jesus from the waist up on the cross with the crown of thorns on his head and it was like everything in this room, for instance, she was in her worshiping space like this, just disappeared and she was looking Jesus right in his eyes and she knew how much he loved her. And then I was in the same church where she had come to see Jesus and be changed by him and at some point I think it was one of those revival services, you know. We used to have a lot of those back in the early 70s. Those who are my age might remember. This is the Jesus movement. And, um, you know, we, we had I th- probably singing something like the old rugged cross. And I just remember being overwhelmed with, like, the need to come to him and the need to meet him. And, I, like, feeling like, man, there's something really wrong with me. And I'm only seven years old, but I know there's something wrong. And there's something that I, I need, and I don't even know how to speak to it. And so I went forward and knelt at the altar, and I just remember being overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. And I just, I was weeping. I don't even think I had any clue why I was weeping. I knew that this man who was so kind and so loving, and he was somehow God, so he was huge, he had gone to his death because of me. I I knew that, but it wasn't like, it was like, It was a consolation, though. 
I knew somehow that this was because he loved me, that he was willing to do that. And so I just remember tears flowing down my cheeks and, and feeling like, man, something's being put back together again. Something I didn't even know. And I realized by encountering Jesus there at the cross that I knew something about my heart that I hadn't known before, that it was really, really ripped away from the source of all goodness. And it had been torn that way. Some of it was my own sin, and and I even remember confessing to the pastor how cruel I had been at seven years old to some of my classmates. Already a little bit of the the cruelty of man coming through me at seven, and I I was aware of it. But especially on the other side, I began to understand because he loves me so much that even that, that was somehow covered. The way that I had torn myself away, he was now knitting me back together again. So, so many of my tears were tears of consolation. A transition was happening. I was going from a place of being cut off from God to being connected to him of not feeling a deep amount of love to feeling it profoundly. These are all my things that I'm saying to you now. I probably couldn't have articulated it at seven. (laughs) But these are the, the memories, these are the emotional memories that I'm now able to put to words for you. As I want all of us to know that no matter how old we are, that the meaning of the cross is the tremendous love of Jesus and that there is a tear in our hearts. And we, we sometimes, you know, re-tear old wounds sometimes when we fall back into old patterns. And every single time, he wants to knit them back together. And he wants to make us whole. It's very personal. For me, it was personal. I understood how I had hurt my friends in a way that I didn't get before then. And I think that's what happens often. Was we, we come to the cross, there's just a draw of the Lord's love, and then we come to the cross and we realize the magnitude of the wound that we have had, but the overwhelming love that heals it. And that which was torn is now healed. I, um, I began to realize much later in life, in fact, I would even say in the last five years, that in many ways this is what we all live with. Adam and Eve lived with that. They were one with God. They had perfect connection to God who is love and life and the source of all goodness. And they, they tore themselves away. And they had torn at the garment of their own glory, that way of being with God that it was easy and it was free and it was full of light and it was full of life. It was a stage of innocence, you know? And they had torn themselves away from it. And very early on, Jesus begins to heal that wound by giving them garments. You could think of it as just a covering up of their wound, their wound of being naked, of being exposed, of being vulnerable, and also living in a state of evil that they probably didn't even fully appreciate at that point, but they, they know that things aren't right. They cover themselves first with leaves, and then he covers them with skins, 
and it cost blood for them to be covered. And from that point on, that is the way, because that's the meaning. That's the meaning of being torn away, is it's, it's that costly. We're talking about life and death. When we fell away from God, we fell into death, and then he makes a way to come back in, and he hints at it with that moment when he heals the wound and covers them with skins. Jesus becomes the perfect covering. He becomes the one who completely knits us back together in such a way that we don't have to do repeated sacrifices anymore. He is the one who makes us whole. The word in, um, in the, the Hebrew that speaks to this is, is what we translate as atonement. And it's not adequate to say that atonement means just covering up sins as if, like, that's really bad, let's cover that. We don't want to look at that. Now, what's really happening is he's, now we've torn ourselves away. We've torn the garment of our connection to God. We've torn the, the way in which we're supposed to be in relationship with God, and he's now woven it back together. I just noticed tonight that, the, that Jesus had a seamless garment. It was never torn. Woven together from the top to the bottom, and it was never torn. His garment, his life was perfectly, seamlessly connected to the Father. And yet what happens is that he loves us so much is that he's willing to become the sacrificial lamb that then reconnects us to the Father forever. And it says that he's pierced says that he's pierced. He's nailed and then he's pierced. And these are, these are words that would be very powerful to a Hebrew person because it would remind them of the piercing of the animal so that the blood comes out so that they can be restored to God. And it happens when you're outside the temple and you know you've lost connection with God. You need to make a sin offering or a guilt offering and you have to come to the threshold and the priest or you would literally have to take the soft part of their throat and slice it so blood would come out so that you would be made whole. The animal is made pierced so that you would be made whole. The animal is cut off from life so that you would be grafted back in and woven back in seamlessly to life. And Jesus, when he's nailed and he's pierced for our transgressions, makes a way for us to be knit back together again. It says he's pierced in his side. There's an image there, too, of Eve being drawn forth from Adam's side. And Jesus, when he dies, the blood and the water comes out, and it's really, it's the restoration of the bride to the bridegroom. They're made whole again. That which had been torn asunder is made whole again. And the, 
the private place that only the temple, only the high priest of the temple could go into, that is also torn because now we can go in and have a complete connection to God. And see, profound things are happening when we come to the cross. God is making us whole again by reuniting us to himself and to his love. And he does it from the tenderest place of who he is. He does it from the heart. He does it from the, the inner springs of who he is. And that love reunites us to the Father who loves us. It makes us once again his children, makes us together the bride of the bridegroom. And this happens at a heart level. And for each of us, our invitation is to come again tonight and to enter into it again. I am, I think the last time that I've experienced the gift of the cross was when I was in Jerusalem this last summer. And um, got up at five in the morning and walked over to, um, what's the name of the the big place where the Golgotha is and the the tomb of the resurrection? The main one, the traditional one. Holy Sepulchre, I went over to Holy Sepulchre at five in the morning. And that's the time to go because otherwise you're gonna deal with about 5,000 people. <laughs> and I went there and, um, you know, I, I hadn't had, been, when I was there when all the thousands of people were there, I hadn't been able to really enter into it at all. It was just like a tourist attraction, a tourist trap. But at five in the morning, there was this unbelievable quiet there. And I went up to the chapel that's over what this traditional site believes is Golgotha, and I guess there's some good archeological evidence for it, that um, had been built over Golgotha. There's like, a, there's like an altar, and then you can actually like climb, if you could imagine it, you climb under the altar like this, and you can reach down through a glass floor, and you can touch the stone into which the wooden cross was placed. And I, I remember, dude, I brought this cross with me and I laid that down there and just prayed there for about 10 minutes. I was just so aware of the love of Jesus, so aware of the love of Jesus for John, so aware of the love of Jesus for his mother. That even when he's being torn out of life, he's making whole a way for his mother to be connected in a state of love and provision. And uh, it was reconnecting me to the Lord. But perhaps one of the most profound moments happened a little bit after that, where I went down on this slab, which according to tradition is like the slab on which they laid our Lord's body after he had died, and all the pounds of myrrh and everything that we just read about, that's probably where they prepared his body to be placed in the tomb. And uh, I just remember laying my cheek down on that and right next to this, I know some European woman because she was dressed really cool, but sort of sorrowfully. That's how Europeans dress. (laughs) And, uh, but I remember like putting my cheek down there and then I just lost all sense of everything else. I was just so aware that this was the place where our Lord where some of his own lifeblood, which is only God's, and some of 
who he was would have come out on that stone. And I just remember um, just weeping again, and this woman next to me is weeping, and we're there for I don't know how long. Time just goes away, you know? And um, I realized how it, with, it, within each of these, the, the, this beautiful stone slab, it's like, it's a really rough stone, but there's, it's beautiful to me because it's got all these little canals and fissures in it, and some of it is stained, and you just, re- man, it pro- I could just see, and I began to see how his blood and the water that came from him just has gone out with unstoppable love into the world, unstoppable love to draw people into him again and to make us whole again, the ways in which we have torn ourselves away. He was torn so that we don't have to be torn away. And that is still the invitation. That was on a stone. Tonight we will, we will have a cross. There's all these times when in John it says, behold the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the man, Pilate says. And um, tonight we're gonna say, behold the wood of the cross on which was hung the world's salvation. And my prayer is that you come to him whenever you feel led to, to kneel at the cross and to bring to him the tender and torn places of your heart. You know in your own Memories where these are probably. But you might not. You might be so young, you might not even know. Or you might have blocked it out somehow because it's so painful. But tonight is the night where he knits together in love because of how much he loves you. He can heal, heal the tears through his blood and through your tears. So come tonight and behold the cross on which the Lord of love died for our sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.